Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, how are you today? Thanks, Owen. Thanks so much for everyone tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. We had a great interview with Norwich Sea Unicorns GM Dave Skirmerhorn. He's been with the organization for over a decade, and he seems super excited to be a part of the FCBL. Yeah, Dave, a native of Norwich, extremely excited to have the Sea Unicorns in the Futures League, as are we. Opening day, again, six days away. We were continuing the countdown until it actually starts. But again, really excited for opening day. Yeah, absolutely. He talked about, you know, that summer family atmosphere being back, whether it's the employees of Dodd Stadium down in Norwich, Connecticut, or just uh, the fans coming in every day. He misses it and he's ready. And as we're less than a week from opening day, we also have a bit of an opening day special for the Back to the Futures coming on Monday the 24th. So stay tuned for more info about that. But in the meantime, we want to present our interview with Dave Skirmerhorn. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest. He is the GM of one of the two new teams in the Futures League, and we are thrilled to welcome him into the Futures League family. It's Dave Skirmerhorn of the Norwich Sea Unicorns. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys very much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited too. Really excited to get to Dodd Stadium this summer. And right off the bat, how did the Norwich Sea Unicorns join the Futures League? Yeah, obviously going back over a year now, uh, the unfortunate news or what started as rumors with contraction of, of 42 teams in minor league baseball obviously was a, a tough thing to to kind of have hanging over us. And then, of course, it, it unfortunately eventually came to fruition that we were no longer going to be affiliated with a major league baseball franchise. So at that point, our ownership group started to explore options to see what was out there, what different leagues we could join to continue to provide baseball here for the fans of Norwich and, and Southeastern Connecticut. And I think it came pretty clear pretty quickly that the Futures League was the, the perfect fit, given what we're used to in terms of a schedule, being able to start, in this case, in late May, middle of June in the past. But th that's always been a great thing for us because it allows us to do so much more at Dodd Stadium with almost 80 high school baseball games every spring, all different types of events, which has been a, a great thing for us in terms of the community to be able to have uh, kids and, and different organizations use the stadium that maybe might not have a, an opportunity to do that. Otherwise, if we were starting in early April, our season would be well underway during all those events and we wouldn't have the chance to, to use the facility to do so much more. So. For that reason and, and for so many more, we felt the Futures League was the way to go, and we're really excited to get started. All right, so obviously you aren't just not a minor league team anymore, but you didn't even get to play at all last summer. So what was your relationship like with the town of Norwich and even following, you know, Connecticut state restrictions in order to have a 2021 summer season? Yeah, it's been obviously a, a long road to get here from the, the, the point in March of 2020 when we all left the stadium. Everyone left work and went home and um, adjusted to a, a definitely very different normal. Um, we, we've always had a very great relationship, very strong relationship with the city of Norwich from the time we got here in 2010. They've been big supporters of ours. So moving from late 2019, when rumors started to circulate about contraction of minor league baseball, through the end of that summer, through the end of that season, and into the offseason when, you know, kind of the, the battle to try to continue to be a Major League Baseball affiliated program 
went from the local level to the state and, and national level with the, a lot of politicians fighting to, to keep minor league baseball intact. Um, so our relationship through all of that with the city of Norwich only became stronger, obviously with a common goal of, of keeping minor league baseball here in Norwich. But ultimately, we, we signed uh, a new lease in 2019, or in 2018, going into 2019 for, for 10 years. And then uh, obviously that, with, with everything that happens, changed, a lot changed in the, in the course of that summer and into the fall. So uh, we just recently signed a new lease with the city to, to be here uh, for, the, for the next few years to, to continue to provide baseball, provide entertainment to our fans. And, and that's what's most important to us, that we're going to continue to provide a great product on the field, but also an incredible product surrounding the field in terms of fireworks and giveaways and promotions and everything that comes along with baseball at this level to our fans I, I don't think they'll they'll notice a difference ultimately between the experience in 2018 2019 and 2021 so yeah uh, getting to this point was definitely interesting over the course of the, the summer of 2020 we we're able to host a few events um, some concerts in conjunction with the city and the local chamber of commerce and then also some AU tournaments so we got pretty familiar pretty quickly in terms of how to operate during a global pandemic, uh, how to distance people, how to keep people safe. Yeah, it's awesome to get to keep that fan base and have that sense of community. So when fans come to Dodd Stadium this summer, despite the looming you know, restrictions that are still going on, will they be able to ex experience all it has to offer? Yeah, you know, we are fortunate that we're in Connecticut, things are trending in a positive way with the, local, the, the recent announcements by the CDC with some restrictions being loosened. We're still working with the state of Connecticut, the Department of Health to ensure obviously what we're doing is going to keep our fans safe. But it looks like we will be able to open up to a point where I think the fan experience will be really good. Will, will there be some differences compared to 2019? Sure. I think no matter what, given what we've all been through over the last 12 months, some things would look different naturally. But I think the, the fan experience will be very good. We've worked very hard for the last month leading up to opening day here that lots happened in, in just a couple of weeks to get ourselves ready. But uh, the fan experience will be very good for this summer. Yeah, again, we're really excited to get out to Dodd Stadium this summer and see all that it has to offer. So what special promotions or events are in store specifically that fans can expect at the summer when they come to the ballpark, whether it's Friday night fireworks, which I know is a popular, popular event there at Dodd stadium or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, fireworks are definitely a big one. So we'll have eight fireworks shows this summer, opening night, 4th of July, and then the six Friday home games as well. So that's, that's always been our biggest promotion. We've done a lot of different things over the years. The, the military appreciation night is, is a big one. We have a great partner in the Better Business Bureau that sponsors that, and we, we do a lot of things surrounding that. Our promotional schedule is definitely very much still a work in progress, obviously just having a couple weeks since uh, we were able to, to officially join the Futures League and, and know that we were going to have a season this summer. Uh, so it'll be a work in progress. We're going to continue to add things as we move through uh, the next week before opening day and, and into the season. So we'll put together a really strong promotional schedule and ultimately use 2021 as a springboard to have uh, 2022 when the whole world hopefully is back to com being completely normal to have uh, you know the best summer yet. All right, so we can't move on with the rest of the interview without addressing a very serious business matter. Uh, we talked about it with CJ Knudsen in our interview with him last week that just came out the other day. What is a sea unicorn and how did your mascot come about? 
what a fun process. So uh, it all goes back to really the summer of two th or the spring, the, fall, the early spring of 2019. We worked with a company called Brandios who, who does, uh, this is what they do. Um, you know, a lot of the, the more fun new minor league baseball names that, that you, you hear and see, there's a good chance that Brandios, their, their creative minds are behind it. Uh, so they were incredible to work with. They came out to Norwich, uh, took a tour. I'm born and raised here in Norwich, and, and I learned more about Norwich than, than I ever even knew uh, in terms of the history and everything else. So we identified very quickly that uh, this, the setting of our story, of, of what our brand should be, is the water. Um, Norwich, uh, the, and specifically the, the harbor in Norwich here, has a, a lot of history with ship captains that lived in the area and would, would leave from the harbor to go out and trade different materials and, and come back. But that became very, it became clear very quickly that that was the setting. So then the next question was, you know, what's the character? So we felt like just using the, the ship captains was kind of too easy. So using the idea of, of what those ship captains went out into the, into the ocean and, and saw, whether it was real or imagined, you know, based on being out at sea for too long. And then, and ultimately those kind of things lent itself to uh, the minor league baseball experience, you know, kid friendly, family friendly. So when Norwich Narwhals was, was one of the other finalists, uh, we just felt like Sea Unicorns was a fun twist on that name to make it even more fun, unique, um, and unique is, I think, is the operable word, because if you, whether you're in Norwich, Connecticut, or you're in California, or anywhere in the country or the world, and you hear the name Sea Unicorns, there's probably only one sports team, never mind just baseball team, that you could possibly be referring to. So that was important to us to have a, a really unique name to call and, and have as our own, and I think we definitely did that. Yeah, I remember attending many Connecticut Tiger games as a kid and then hearing that the Sea Unicorns was becoming a new name. It was mind boggling to me, but I, it, it worked out. It's a great name and it's exciting that, to have that name marked with the Futures League now. And you, you mentioned it. You've been with this team for over a decade now. What has been the best part about baseball at Dodd Stadium in your mind? To me, I've always enjoyed opening the gates every game. You know, our fans coming in, you know, there, there's the, the few people that you see every night or, you know, an hour before the gates even open, it seems like to, to come on in and we love seeing them every day. It becomes like a family in, in the course of the summer. But then in, inviting people through the gates, maybe for the first time, putting on a great show and getting them the, the experience that, that, that makes them want to come back time and time again. But yeah, so I think it's the, the memories of, of the fans, uh, the people that, that I've worked with over the years, the fans that have, have been here for all 10 years or, or fans that are here for the first time. Those, those are the, the things that I'll always cherish and, and um, really have always, ex, ex, it's been fun to prepare for every season because we feel like, you know, we owe it to them to give them our best every night of the season. Your job took a pivot this past spring when you guys decided to go from a major league affiliate to a college baseball summer league team. So what has been the biggest difference and biggest part of the transition for you in your mind? Well, I guess the easy answer is obviously finding the players, hiring a coaching staff and then finding players to, to fill out the roster, which has been really interesting. We just announced actually today, we hired a manager, Devin Belinsky, who's been with the uh, UConn baseball program for the last couple of seasons. So he came really highly recommended from what is one of the most highly respected college programs in the area and especially highly respected coaching staffs in the program in, in the area. So 
for them to, to have such a glowing review of Devin's ability to, to take this step forward spoke volumes to us about what he, could, he can do. Um, he has a great background in, in analytics, which I think can be a really great tool for our players to be able to assess where they're at in their career and, and with different skill sets and be able to take that information back to them, to their college programs or, or the next step in their career to really uh, give themselves a leg up. So we're going to work with Devin here very quickly to put together the rest of his coaching staff. And we've started to put together and, and we're close to getting back contracts for a full roster. So that's uh, still a little bit of a work in progress, but we're, we're really excited by what our roster is starting to look like. Is that breaking news here on the podcast, new manager? <laughs> it's breaking news as of this afternoon. Breaking news as of Tuesday afternoon, we have a new manager. So we got to talk about that. What was the search like and how did you end up with Devin? Yeah, uh, we, so we started the process when we were pretty confident that we would be joining the Futures League and would be having a, a season this summer. So we had announced uh, just a, a day or two after uh, joining the Futures League that our manager would be Eric Campbell, who's a Norwich native and, and was just finishing up a 12-year career as a professional player on the field. So he had begun the process of finding the players to, to fill out the roster when uh, he received a phone call from the Seattle Mariners to continue his playing career. So uh, he just got activated to their AAA roster in Tacoma, and he's uh, going to continue the goal of, of making it, for in his case, back to Major League Baseball. And um, so we're incredibly happy for him. And that was something when he he told me that, I mean, I, I told America, you know, we, we cannot be more excited and happy for you. Yeah, so we, we pivoted and, and kind of went back to, to a search for a manager. And Devin, like I said, came incredibly highly recommended from the UConn coaching staff. So we're really excited to have him. It's funny, you know, you're just, you, you move to a college league, so you don't expect people to be moving up a lot, but he already... <laughs> He already lost him. Obviously, that's amazing for him to be back with the Mariners. CJ Newton, you worked with a lot. He has been quoted saying a lot of great things about you in some articles. What's your relationship with him? And what's it like uh, knowing that you're going to be playing him now in uh, up in Vermont or down in Norwich there? Yeah, uh, well, I, I paid him very well to say those nice things. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, going back to 2010 when CJ... At the time, Andrew Weber and Eric Knighton came in as the management team when, when we moved, relocated to Norwich and became the Connecticut Tigers. CJ has always been a mentor of mine since, like I said, since day one. So it, always incredible to work with him. You know, at this point, we've become more like close friends than coworkers or, or you know, boss and and uh, co-worker. Yeah, so it, it is exciting. And, and, I, and I know you guys mentioned how, at least in Vermont, his opening day will be against the Sea Unicorns, which is really unique. And the thing that we were talking about a couple of days ago was when he came to Connecticut, the first game, first home game here in 2010 was against Vermont. So it's kind of yeah. funny how that comes full circle. Yeah. It's a small, small world out there. And that's just proof right there. That's yeah. That's very funny. Before we get back to our interview with Dave Skirmerhorn, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in new England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. 
visit 78 sports website at 78 sports.com. That's S E V E N T Y number eight sports.com for a limited time by mentioning back to the futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S E V E N T Y number eight sports.com. Now back to our interview with Dave Skirmerhorn. So you've had multiple positions within the organization. You started in 2010 as the director of community relations. You then went to assistant GM. And since 2016, you were the GM of the team, obviously. So how have you grown from each stint and each role with the organization? And what are the biggest lessons you've taken away? It's really been kind of a a gradual thing, like you said. So just took on more responsibility over the years and, and with each role. It's been incredible because, you know, from the point that I was director of community relations and promotions to now, just learning so many different things that, that have helped along the way I and mean, just little things, how to, you know, the important things like uh, becoming a better salesperson and a better spokesperson and, and the, the really important things down to the little things like how to fix a toilet or, you know, the, the things that just happen over the course of a summer, over the course of a year around the stadium. So learn an incredible amount and, and uh, yeah, it's just been um, an incredible ride and to be able to do that in my hometown as well is, is really incredible and, and a pretty unique thing. So you're basically training to be on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you just mentioned it. You grew up in the Norwich area and have been a member of this community since you were a kid. What has it been like to pay it forward and provide an opportunity for the Norwich community to experience baseball at Dodd Stadium this summer? Yeah, I I, rem- I have great memories as a kid. My parents uh, split season tickets with a couple other people in the, in the community. So I was here the, the very first game that this stadium opened in 1995. So many great memories as a kid coming to games. And, you know, for instance, taking having my picture taken with uh, the Tater the Gator statue that, that used to be right outside the, the front of the gates. And over the years, we brought that statue back, put him in a Connecticut Tigers uniform. But it's just a, a really cool thing to now see kids, you know, maybe eight, nine, 10 years old, having their picture taken with Tater the Gator or, you know, the different mascots. And you can just feel that the generate the generational aspect of baseball where their parents are taking pictures of their kid. And you, you can kind of almost fill in the blanks to say that parent was the kid having their picture taken with Tater the Gator 20 years ago or however many years ago. Yeah, it's funny you say that, and it's funny we talked. Or... Sorry, something on my mind here. Yeah, it's funny you say that, and we talked about full circle earlier. I myself have a picture in front of the Gator statue, so not alone there in that department. So very funny, and again, everything comes full circle, and I can't wait to get back to Dodd Stadium this summer. So uh, you also have quite the hockey background, both at Stonehill when you went to college, and uh, you worked at UConn too, and as an off-ice official. Uh, what do you like so much about being on the ice? I've I've played hockey since the time I was about two, you know, and, and start with organized hockey when I was five. Um, so I've played my entire life. I mean, hockey is just a very unique game. I think the culture of hockey is incredibly unique. Uh, obviously, growing up, not every one of your friends plays hockey. So, um, you know, those friendships are, are some pretty unique friendships and, and hockey has has given me so many different friendships from i have friends that are from the czech republic and sweden and all over the world never mind the country in the northeast so uh, I, I always love that aspect of it i think um, every sport builds character it gives a lot of different you know, life lessons that 
um, I think become incredibly valuable as you get older and working in the, I mean, it doesn't have to be a sport, professional sports teams front office to have those uh, lessons come in handy later on. It can be literally any work environment, but I think those are the things that, that, that I always loved about hockey in particular. And um, yeah, Stonehill. So it's, it's funny with uh, the, the team in Brockton in the Futures League. I've had a couple conversations with the guys in, in the front office there. I guess all the players on the Brockton team stay in the housing in, at Stonehill, which is kind of funny. And, and again, full circle. Before we get back to our interview with Dave Skirmerhorn, we want to share a message from our friends at On Demand Storage. Are you tired of living in clutter? Do you need more space around your home or office? Are you sick of visiting your self-storage unit? Does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On-demand storage will pick up your items directly from your location and bring them in storage for you. When you want something back, give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's on-demand-storage, all one word, dot com. We now return to our interview with Dave Skirmerhorn. All right, so you have experience on the ice and off the ice, in the front office and on the diamond. When did you realize you wanted to work in sports? Yeah, so when I graduated from Stonehill in 2009, you know, if you had asked me, if, or if you had told me that this is where I would be uh, this many years later, I would say that's amazing. You know, that sounds like something that I would love to be doing. Did I know at that point that this is what I would want to do? Absolutely not. So it, it was definitely a gradual thing. So when I graduated in the spring of 2009, it, it may have been one of the worst times in history to graduate from college and, and look for a job. It was the, the height of the recession. So I was very fortunate to find an internship here at Dodd Stadium. And I've, been, I've literally been here ever since. So I guess the, the moment, if there, there had to be one moment when I realized that this is what I wanted to do, probably would have been the middle of a seven-day homestand in 2009, I guess, to, towards the end of the season. That last year, that 2009 was the last year of the Connecticut Defenders here at Dodd Stadium. So it was the last year with the, the San Francisco Giants AA franchise. And yeah, it, you know, over the course of that, the rest of that summer, I, I fell in love with the industry and, and the, the, the fast paced environment that every game day brings. From that point forward, I, I was focused on continuing to work in the industry. And I was very fortunate to, to be hired in my first full-time capacity when the Connecticut Tigers came to town. Yeah, that's great. And obviously for us, we're really excited to also be working in sports, but our graduations, well, I just graduated. Johnny has another year, but our graduations might be tied in terms of the uh, roughness of the job market, but that's a discussion. That's a table discussion for another day. Even before your history in the front office, you played on the field. You were part of the 2003 state championship team at Norwich Free Academy. What was it like to win state championship? Yeah. Oh gosh. That's uh, this is a long time ago now. And, and actually Eric Campbell was one of my teammates. So Eric and I grew up together, played on the same little league team. And that group of friends, and that's a very special time because that was my best friends growing up. We were all together playing baseball from the time we were five or six years old, going to the NFA uh, baseball clinic, the youth clinic. So we were kind of groomed as a, as a group to, to do uh, ultimately, I guess, what we were able to accomplish. But through Little League, into Junior League, and then eventually into high school, we were kind of together as a group moving through the different age groups. So once we got to NFA, uh, it was a, obviously a, a three-year process to get to that point. That was my junior year in 2003, but that team was incredible. And like I said, it, I mean, those are friendships for life, to, to put it lightly. 
those are some of my my fondest memories of, in sports and certainly in, in my athletic career. But for it to kind of culminate in our junior year, my junior year with the state championship to be named the, the number one team in the state, that, that was really incredible. Yeah, that's a fantastic memory and one that you'll certainly have for a long time. And before we get to our final segment here, we just wanted to ask, how about a message to Norwood Sea Unicorn fans as we are so very close to the start of the season? Yeah, the, the wait is almost over. The opening day is almost here, and we're just incredibly excited to open the gates, get everyone back into the stadium. Like I said, everyone from uh, the fans to the employees around the stadium, it's a summer family. So it's it's kind of strange to think in some ways that those people, you know, we haven't seen them in, in over a year. Um, so we're excited to get everyone back together, and it'll be like one big fat, happy family reunion. Yeah, it'll be a nice way to celebrate Memorial Day, May 31st. The Sea Unicorns open up at Dodd Stadium. We're going to be there to cover that. Really excited for that. But in the meantime, we now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high-quality and innovative design since 1993. So, Dave, we got a couple more questions to get our audience to know you better. Is that cool? Absolutely. Let's roll. Favorite player to come through the organization? Well, I'd say the probably the player that's gone on to have the most success at the major league level is uh, Ajeno Suarez. So he was here in 2011 as an incredibly young baseball player. But even at that point, you could tell he, he had something different. So now to see the success he's had with the Reds and, and obviously the, the contract that, that he's signed, uh, it's always fun to watch the progression. As a kid in 2011, that you could tell had some really great raw potential to see the numbers he's put up and the success he's had. That's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. There's nothing like getting someone from the single A affiliate all the way up. So that's good to hear. And then how about favorite ballpark you've attended as a fan? Oh, uh, I've been to quite a few of the major league stadiums. I've always, San Francisco is one uh, that always stood out to me. Uh, the setting, the, the stadium itself, uh, it was kind of one of, I guess with, with maybe with Camden Yards, one of the first, kind of retro new stadiums. Um, so that one sticks out. I grew up a Yankees fan. So, you know, the, uh, well, not the original, but the older, the, I guess the middle Yankee stadium uh, always has a special place in my heart. Fenway Park. I, I love going to a game at Fenway Park. You know, even as a Yankees fan, Fenway Park is just a little bit different. The history, it's just a great place to watch a baseball game. So I'd say th those three are, are three of my favorites. Yeah, those are great answers. And Fenway Park has certainly been a popular answer so far in season three. So good to see that that's <laughs> you can continuing. And how about a baseball stadium or a sporting event that's on your bucket list? Uh, the Masters. I think that that's probably the top of my list. I mean, it's it's obviously potentially, I guess, the, the hardest ticket in all of sports to get your hands on. But just the, yeah, the, the whole pageantry of it and the idea that it is the hardest ticket in sports. So to, to I think, be in attendance for that would, would be something really special to see, you know, not one blade of grass out of place, not one piece of trash on the ground. Um, I think that would be a, as a person in the sports industry, but also as, as a fan, that would be an incredible experience. Yeah. I, an iconic experience for all that's for sure. And another popular answer throughout this entire podcast series. And how about walk up music, whether you were walking up to the dish or coming in as a pitcher from the bullpen? I'm a big fan of a Canadian band, The Tragically Hip. So it might be something from the, the hip or maybe some Pearl Jam. 
Fantastic. Yeah. That would rock a stadium for sure. No doubt. And then how about favorite big league team and big league player, whether it's current or historical? I grew up a Yankees fan. Uh, my dad is potentially the largest Yankees fan on the planet. So I didn't have a choice. Not that I, I would have had it any different any different way over the course of my childhood but so grew up a big Yankees fan Don Mattingly originally and then Derek Jeter were my guys growing up yeah can't go wrong with those two what about a baseball nickname you have (laughs) uh so growing up with with my last name obviously it's kind of conducive to to nicknames instead of people having to to say skirmhorn all the time so I was always skirm or skirmy growing up baseball hockey across the board those were kind of my, my two nicknames pretty much my entire life yeah that fits right into hockey what about are you superstitious whether it's on baseball or watching the yankees or anything i wouldn't say i'm incredibly superstitious playing i probably had a little bit more than i do now obviously but as i remember getting dressed to play hockey kind of the, the same way every day maybe with baseball there might have been a few things I, I think I had a lucky undershirt in high school that I, I wore under my jersey every game beyond that not a whole lot really the only I don't even I wouldn't even call it a superstition but the only thing that borders on that now professionally is I couldn't tell you what year it started but there's for some reason there's two songs that I always listen to on the car ride to opening day it, it must have been an alphabetical thing somehow on, on my my uh, on my iPhone but uh, the two songs are Wake Me Up and, uh, and Wake Up by Arcade Fire and Avicii. So they must, have, they must have ended up on back-to-back one opening day, and I, we must have had a good night, you know, good crowd, good, good night financially, and, and that kind of stuck. So for, for whatever reason, it's, it's an odd tradition, but I guess more of a tradition than a superstition. I listen to those songs on the way to work every opening day. Definitely. If something works, you keep doing it. Bubblegum or sunflower seeds? Sunflower seeds, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's it doesn't get more baseball than that. Absolutely. And what about a favorite ballpark food or beverage? The easy answer, I feel like, is hot dog. You know, whenever I go to a different stadium, you know, the hot dog's the, kind of the first thing I get. Maybe a beverage of, of some kind. I'm trying to think of maybe a, an answer that might be a little bit different. As a kid, I, would, I always would get chicken tenders and, and, and fries. So I guess that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good one, too. But, um, yeah, you can't go wrong with a ballpark hot dog. Definitely not. And final question of the quick hit segment presented by Zephyr. What's your favorite all-time baseball memory? Man, uh, I mean, there's so many different memories from, you know, playing, you know, obviously, for instance, winning the the state championship was a memory that will stick with me for my entire life, obviously. In terms of working, there's a lot. Uh, In 2013, we hosted the New York Penn League All-Star Game. So I remember the feeling once the the first pitch was thrown and we were at that point, it kind of became somewhat business as as usual uh, to a degree, kind of just another game. But I remember the incredible feeling of accomplishment of putting together an entire year of work, uh, planning and orchestrating and and getting to that point to to have the All-Star Game start. And then it was a, a big success. So I remember that being a really great memory, little things like, or not little things, but things, uh, individual memories. There's one year we did a surprise welcome home for um, a member of the military. It's funny. You haven't seen very many of these lately, but for a while they're, they're very popular. Oh, they never miss. see the, the videos. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was one where a, a member of the Navy came home and, and the, the wife reached out to us uh, and the kids didn't know that, that he had returned. So we set it up as a game on the field where you had to identify famous faces. So the kids were the contestants. 
we brought them out onto the field so that their back was to our home dugout. And it was two, you know, incredibly famous people on the video board. They had to identify them. And then we said, okay, so, and what about this third person? And it was their dad. So then the, the, the kid said, oh, the, you know, that's my dad. And they said, oh, you know, where is your dad? And they, and they said, he's, he's uh, I think he was in Afghanistan. And then uh, our on-field MC, uh, MC said, I don't think he is. And, you know, said, turn around. And, and as soon as the kids turned around, the father had snuck up behind them on the field. And it was it, just an incredible moment. So that, that's been one that's really stuck with me over the years as well. That is a fantastic memory that not only those kids will never forget, but you will never forget. And that's, that's awesome. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dave, that is all we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with everything. And we're excited to visit soon and be in Norwich this summer. Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you and, and all of our fans here very shortly. Yeah, we can't wait. And this has been season four, episode three of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.